Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. C, singular. You know what it is? Dimly lit room. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today on Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, NTRs. And what is that? Well, you remember how it used to be if somebody uh, entered this country illegally, we would, in a farcical show of trying to control our borders... Give them an NTA, you notice, to appear on a specific date and time at a court to have a hearing to talk about whether they should be in the country. Well, those are too time-consuming and, and and rigorous these days with all the folks flooding across the border. So now we give them an NTR, a notice to report, which simply says, stop by when you get a chance. And from what I understand, it's a suggestion. Right. It's a suggestion that you report as opposed to the notice to appear, which is mandatory, even though... What? Da, 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 da. Notice, yeah, to, notice to appear. Mandatory ish. More mandatory, but nobody ever showed up. So I guess it would, to what extent is something mandatory if you can ignore it? But yeah, yeah. the speed limit's mandatory, too. You want to know what I did this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I wish more people knew this, but I, you know, the way news is disseminated in the modern world. So AP was reporting yesterday that thousands and thousands of Haitians are just being shipped into the country. With these the, these NTRs, hey, here's a thing, you should fill out the paperwork someday. Anyway, enjoy your new life in Maryland, or California, or Iowa, or wherever they're bussing people to. Thousands and thousands of people. So AP reported that yesterday, Fox confirmed it yesterday, at least among those two. But I just heard a CBS News report where it made it sound like, so the number has the number is way down of those people on that border under that bridge, from mm-hmm. 15,000 over the weekend down to about 5,000. But it's because they're allowing thousands and thousands of people to just come into this country. You don't know who they are, don't know where they're going. We'll never know anything about their, uh, about them. And CBS reported it as, uh, as the, the, the administration has gotten the number down to 5,000 and, uh, hundreds of flights back to Haiti are lined up kind of in, uh, in, in, uh, in, what's the word? Implying that, um, uh, you know, they're shipping all, all, all out. Sure. And that's not at all what's happening. It's blatantly dishonest. And, obvious. A- according to other reports, there's a, a giant caravan. Remember the caravans that Trump was mocked for? Uh, there's a giant, more, more people from Haiti coming because we had our reporter on the border earlier this week who said all these people have cell phones and social media and they talk to each other. So all these people that are, that are being bussed around the country. Are letting all their friends know on, uh, you know, on uh, HaitiMigrant.org or whatever, whatever their website is, their social media website, saying, hey, yeah, I, uh, this is where we live now. Look, we live in this neighborhood and we get free health care and free education for the kids and all these different things. So, of course, the word is going out. Get to the border. You get to come in still. Well, and let's look at what's happened over the last week or two. You had this enormous flood of humans come in, and and they were put in the camp under the bridge. And as it turns out, they were turned loose into the country in spite of their illegal immigration. And briefly now, the authorities in Texas are so fed up with it, they're having guys on horses turn people back. But I'm a Haitian. 
I get to the border anyway. I bide my time at some point. Texas is going to get tired of that or have to deal with a, a, a tornado or something. Don't worry. Once you get across, you will be allowed into the country, particularly if you can recruit a kid or, or say your sweetheart's pregnant or whatever. We'll just let you in. Yeah, the lots and lots of people uh, that are saying they're pregnant. You know, I don't think we're probably going to have a gynecologist check and see if they are. That would be controversial. Yeah, I'd say. Of course, you can do it with a whiz quiz. That's true. Just give him the stick. Uh, I don't know how to say pee on the stick in Spanish, but I'm sure Google Translate could get me there. We probably ought to officially start. El Urinato on El Stico. It's probably not correct. So, um, we, uh, interesting nugget on this story that I hadn't heard until just a little bit ago that's Pretty extraordinary, but we ought to start the show officially. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday. We call it a little Friday around here because we get our party started soon. September 23rd, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin the show officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. What the hell are we doing here? What we witness takes us back hundreds of years what we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery (laughs) maxine waters continuing to just make new achievements reach new heights of stupidity and, and and utterly indefensible rhetoric so here's the story. Yeah, that's just incredibly over the top, and we need to uh, play that and parse it word by word at um, some point. I'm sorry. Before we go further, uh, Oranar, I'm sorry, Oranar N. El Palo. Oranar N. El Palo. P on the that stick. P on the stick. So NBC was reporting last night. The Biden administration's already denying this, so whether it's true or not, I don't know. But NBC was reporting last night that the Biden administration was working with contractors to send Haitian migrants to Gitmo. I did hear that. To store them. And uh, looking for uh, people that speak Haitian and all that sort of stuff. Um, So the Biden administration is saying, no, they're not. Of course, that doesn't mean anything. They lie all the time. But uh, imagine if Donald Trump started sending, even if we were only this far, imagine if NBC were reporting that the Trump administration was hiring Haitian-speaking guards to work at Gitmo, and they were going to send migrants there. People would lose their heads. The U.N. would have a vote. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to do something. My guess is this. My guess is that Biden, or or whoever the puppet is that moves his arms around, if he's no longer with us, um, that Biden said, uh, get those people off that border i don't want to see this on my tv screen anymore and that that's what they're doing they're getting people in the country i don't care if you have to turn them loose i don't care if you have to send them to gitmo and they took him literally put him on one of those space orbits around the planet whatever it takes <laughs> that'll be next <laughs> uh, you can't make this stuff up but you know in my opinion what we're seeing is worse than what we saw in slavery which can you could, if some white politician says that they would be dragged out of office oh, oh, physically oh oh she said it yesterday you wouldn't have made it till last night without being forced to resign no no what yeah. we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery because the border patrol was on horses pushing people back that's what 
That's what she's talking about, right? Congratulations on minimizing by like 99% the horrors of slavery. Well done, Maxine. Well, she's an old black woman. So uh, it gives her some cover, I guess. (laughs) So it was the Border Patrol on those horses with the reins and that whole story? I thought that was Texas authorities, but, you know, I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, So that, uh, whatever. What did you all, call it? all I know is that the uh, the federal government wasn't doing their job, so Texas had to step in. So for like 24 hours, there was the, the, the discussion going back and forth before, between whether or not they were whipping people or it was just their reins the, the, flying around on their horses. Mm-hmm. And no attention to the foot pushing, as you call it. Yes. <laughs> the kicking the of people. The foot nudging. <laughs> the kicking of people. I, I thought that flew under the radar pretty good, the kicking of people. I thought kicking. That, kicking. Uh, what are you, Joy Reed? I thought that would get... <laughs> I thought that would get all the attention, the kicking, the foot pushing, foot nudging, you call it. Yes, yes. I've asked you not to cross this line. You have. I must nudge you backward. <laughs> Forgive me. Oh, God. I know. I just, I, I dream, sometimes I dream of a world where uh, every American voter, certainly every adult American, was aware accurately of what was happening. And the full weight of the absurdity and stupidity of various policies was exposed. But I think under the best of circumstances, the very best of circumstances, maybe 15% of American voters are aware of what's happening fully. They heard there was a bunch of people under the bridge. They probably saw some pictures on the news or on some website or something. They have no idea why and how that number's been reduced so much. They just yep. think, okay, they took care of that. Yep, exactly. That is exactly right. Uh, another story we got to get to, and I just saw this on ABC News, which is interesting. Thousands of families across the country who have missing loved ones are wondering, how can we get this kind of coverage for our story? I'll bet they are. I'll bet oh, yeah. they are. Of course. Um, we'll have a Gabby Petito update. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's good. And also later on, the uh, gender studies thesis random generator. And uh, that sounds awesome. And China apparently does not believe in too big to fail. I might agree with them. Um, among things we've got on the way, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. ambassador to Haiti has just resigned and said some interesting things, so we can get to that later this hour. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's the whole send nations to Gitmo thing, which is an interesting plan. But anyway. Maybe the guy's just sick of being in Haiti. Hey, no. Good you know that. So are the Haitians. Nice gig. Here's your freedom-loving quote <laughs> of the day. Continuing our series from Marcus Tullius Cicero, the great philosopher, leader. I want you to keep in mind as I give you this quote from Cicero that there are powerful forces. In fact, they own the teachers' unions. They are teaching your little kids, your middle-sized kids, and your big kids at college that uh, reason, logic, data are white supremacy and evil. Remember that when you hear the words of Cicero. 
For there is but one essential justice which cements society, and one law which establishes this justice. This law is right reason, which is the true rule of all commandments and prohibitions. Whoever neglects this law, whether written or unwritten, is necessarily unjust and wicked. Mm. Mailbag. I'll start with this one. Todd writes, guys, Survivor is back after about a year and a half hiatus. Saw that. Last, aired last night. Started off with a woke bang. First, Jeff Probst is no longer to say, come on in, guys, to greet the players, enduring a challenge, entering a challenge. One contestant, one, was offended by the term guys, so that greeting is done after over 20 years, just like that. The quote of the night from the show, though, was, I'm married to a trans-pregnant man. Awesome. Good good times, Jeff. Good times. That eliminating come on in, guys, is both completely unimportant and very, very important at the same time. If they can enforce a dictate that idiotic and needless, and Jeff Probst doesn't have the guts to say that's silly... Well, did that you s- is weirdly a demonstration of their power. Did you see the ACLU changing the wording of a Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote to fit the modern sensibilities? We'll have to do that later. Oh, interesting. I just saw that headline. I didn't dig into it. Wow, okay. Uh, honestly, I could not make this up, right, Aileen Anonymous? Uh, this is from a uh, reputable uh, university or college in the Bay Area of California. Uh, we invite you to submit a piece of art to be considered as the cover art for new books on mathematics lessons to explore, understand, and respond to social injustice. These are books for math teachers to use in upper elementary and middle school math classes that are filled with math activities about racial, economic, gender, health, ability, and environmental injustices in society and how young people like you can make a change. So that they're working that into story problems, I guess? Uh, exactly. The only way you could do it. Yeah, I mean, I've got kids exactly that age, and other than the story problems, all the all your math is just you know uh, a problem. Well, and Aileen Anonymous uh, sent along her own uh, just for fun, her own social justice math problem. Uh, here you go. Now, everybody, you're going to want to pull over to the side of the road. If you have a pen or a pencil, you're going to want to jot these uh, things down. Okay. A Latinx gay wheelchair-bound queer questioning trans person boarded a train at 2.05 that averages 43 miles per hour. The trip normally takes 58 minutes, but a horrible racist white male boards the train at mile 21 and commits four microaggressions against the Hispanic gay porter. The conductor, a brave, brave Muslim cisgender female, is upset and traumatized, and the average speed of the train goes down to 40 miles per hour. The distance from the beautiful green city of Diversopolis to the COVID-ridden rural town of Trumpville is 19 miles. (laughs) Assuming that the patriarchy does not co-opt our math figures and there is adequate representation of all of the 74 genders, what time do we arrive at the despicable Trumpville? Remember, what is important is not accuracy, but in using using your lived experience to arrive at your own intersectional conclusion. The only way I could improve on that is make it a bullet train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it costs $200 billion. Uh, Boz just uh, wrote, I love this. Hey, guys, Prime Minister of Canada Justin Trudeau just gave us a preview of the latest TikTok craze, Canadian Bidenese. <laughs> LGDP, uh, LGT, LBT, LGBTQ2+. Chewing international pressure. 
<laughs> Canadian Bidenese. I've heard that that Trudeau clip now. I don't know how many times. I'm as amused as the first time. Yeah, we'll have to play the whole thing for you when we come back because uh, <laughs> it's poor little Justin Trudeau. Yeah. The only reason. What was that one? My bus be right. My bus be right, or something. <laughs> oh, on a similar topic, uh, Brian writes. Friend of mine was, uh, how shall I say, under attack for using incorrect language and not politically correct at work. They threatened his job, so he simply asked the manager, "Why do you have dog fighting videos on your computer?" The manager said, "I don't have that on my computer." My friend replied, "You will when you look again." Wow. Well, obviously, what? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll finish the email first. Uh, that was much nicer than my suggestion, which was bestiality or worse. In light of this, he was able to keep calling the people he worked with folks or my fellow humans. Sometimes you need to light, fight fire with fire. An old Democrat friend told me that uh, you must know your enemy. I've read rules for radicals also. So evidently, this guy's computer capable or something. And, and he was saying, yeah, you, you do that to me. I'm going to do this to you. All right. Shut up. Wow. Fought fire with fire. Wow. Why do you have dog fighting videos on your computer? I don't. You're gonna the next time you look. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Wow. I don't Is there like, like uh, afternoon classes th- that I can learn to do that? Well, it's, uh, but if, yeah, if it can be done to others, it can be done to you. I don't, I don't want to enter this uh, era of uh, society. <sighs> well, I'm not going to disarm my. Are you suggesting I disarm myself because there's guns at the fight? Heck no. Dog fight videos at best. Oh, boy. That's ugly. Yeesh. These are ugly times. Grow up. They are. If you miss an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. not everyone's worried about climate disaster. Some people don't care at all. One recent survey found that most Americans do not believe they will be personally affected by global warming. Americans treat climate science like soccer. We know it's out there and it really matters to the rest of the world, but no one can make us care. <laughs> now, take a look. Ted Lasso. Maybe Ted Lasso could. Ted Lasso's trying. I find the joke pretty funny. Uh, uh, topic matter aside, the joke is pretty funny about that. Yeah, yeah you, you can tell me soccer is the most important popular sport in the world. You still can't make me find it entertaining. You just can't. Um, global warming. I just came across this tweet, so I thought that joke from Colbert was good. Uh, and it was a retweet of this new book called Warmth about how to deal with the overwhelming anxiety related to climate change and mental health issues people are having. <laughs> And this person who retweeted it said, I hear about this stuff about climate change anxiety, and then you look at Gallup polling on the most important problem in the U.S. and see 3% of Americans name any environmental issue as important. 3%. And I've been saying that for years. Through the media and the politicians, you'd get the sense that half the country's really worried about it, but whenever they do the polling on issues, it's very, very low. Yeah, I wonder if you polled kids, because they're trying their best to terrify the children. There are a lot of kids with the anxiety. Oh, yeah, your kid cannot come out of school without being convinced that the climate change is the biggest thing in the world. That's that's very true. 
That is well, very and they true. use the same hyperbolic, just cataclysmic language that they use to get the attention of adults online for children. But the kids don't have the filter. They don't understand hyperbole when they hear it. They have an authority figure saying the earth is doomed. You know, we'll all die in a fire yeah. if we don't turn it around. It's ridiculous. Sell your ice skates. Buy some sunscreen. Yeah, it's, it's easy. It, it's interesting that Colbert made a joke where he admitted that most people don't care. Hmm. Um. So I'm uh, economics is not my wheelhouse. But I'm kind of interested in this whole China thing that's going on. We mentioned the Wall Street Journal uh, story yesterday that Jonathan Swan said was the most important story you read this year on China. It was about how President Xi is hell-bent on getting away from Western-style capitalism and going back to Mao-style communism. Despite the fact that this whole embracing capitalism thing is what's changed them into a global superpower. Unquestionably, um, which is kind of interesting. And then the other story of the week on China is uh, is the is this their Lehman Brothers moment as they have this giant corporation that is about to go under Lehman Brothers. The the financial house went under back in 2008 and brought down the whole world's economy and uh, certainly the, the U.S. economy for a while. So breaking news from the Wall Street Journal, China is telling authorities to prepare for Evergrande. That's the name of the company, the big company over there. It's a a, a developer, real estate developer. China is telling authorities to prepare for Evergrande's potential collapse, signaling a reluctance to bail out the debt-saddled developer, which I think is interesting because, remember, we had the giant nationwide argument for a while over too big to fail. We were told by all the super smart people, and they may be right, I don't know, but I hate the policy of companies that are too big to fail. We can't let them go under because it'd be too damaging to all of us, so we have to bail them out. So they can do anything they want. They can run their company as crappy as they want, take as many risks as they want, and if they uh, turns out their risks didn't go the way they wanted, we, the taxpayer, will bail them out to make sure they stay afloat. That sounds like a great policy. Well, that's what we did. And that's what we continue to do. And it looks like China's saying, nah, we're not doing that. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, to that, Xi Jinping's uh, distrust of capitalism and uh, trying to root it out, as you're discussing. I mean, that's an incredibly powerful corporation there. And I think he'd probably just as soon see it croak. Could be. He figures, and, you know, the, his lust for control and, and the egomania of, of uh, communism that you can direct the activities of millions of billions of people it's just so sick but anyway yeah i think he thinks we can endure the shock i'll plan around it i'm the king of the commies no worries um the smart people i like say we are more too big to fail now than we were in 2008 who who is the united states is oh the banks and stuff the financial sector our biggest financial corporations are more too big to fail now than they were before because for a while there was that move of, if it's too big to fail, it's too big to exist. Right. We can't, we can't have something that could bring down the whole economy if it if it makes a mistake. But we're even more down that road than we were before. But anyway. Yeah, um, I'm not for egging your local credit union or anything, but there's a reason <laughs> There's a reason Jesus uh, threw the moneylenders out of the temple. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. It went biblical on us. Unholy. The Bible! Yes, sir. That's correct. So John Walsh from America's Most Wanted weighed into the Gabby Petito story. He was on CNN yesterday. He says, uh, he and, and I, I said this last week, I wondered about it anyway. He thinks the Landry family bought time for their son to get away, claiming he was there. 
And uh, the whole time he was on the run trying to get out of the country, which is what I wondered, too. And It's absolutely a possibility. Absolutely. And so there were some reports. I think we've got that. Maybe we'll play that later. But there were some reports that um, he was seen around the young Landry, the the fiance that probably killed her. Um, He was seen around the house there um, uh, right after he got back and was mowing the lawn and went on a bike ride. I almost wonder if that's not like super over the top. Hey, look, I'm out and about. You've seen, does everybody see me? Everybody see me? Do you see me acting casually? See me mowing the lawn and riding my bike because I'm here? And then, uh, you know, immediately took off and got like a three, four day head start on taking off to Canada or Mexico or Europe or wherever the hell he went with the parents covering for him, which would be just a crazy thing for the parents to do, but. Well, yeah, yeah, it would, although they got him money. It's entirely possible they parked a car where his car was found. Oh, wow. He switched cars, jumped in there, took off. Didn't think of that. Yeah. Wow. I wonder. also got the story yesterday that they had been at a restaurant. Where was it? In Wyoming. And he was uh, screaming at the wait staff and making a scene over the bill or something. She ended up having to come back in the restaurant and apologize for his behavior. So he was that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, an account by yet another would-be travel vlogger, Instagram posting, would-be influencer person. It seems like everybody involved with this story is like an Instagram model. But they saw him alone at a campsite acting oddly um, when, theoretically, Gabby was still around and sending texts. So, yeah. It's become fairly clear to me that everybody who's attractive is taking a shot at being some sort of Instagram influencer. Absolutely. Um yeah. I know people around here who are who who do it. Um it's uh, just if you're attractive you think why not? I'm as likely to catch on as anybody else and you're probably right. Uh on one hand, good-looking people are on a dime a dozen, but on the other hand, you could look at it as good-looking people are a dime a dozen, I'm good-looking, so why not me? Sure. Um, yeah, I just I find the whole thing just kind of gross, but speak, that's just me. Yeah, well, I mean, it probably depends on how much effort you put into it, how much of your time it takes, and how certain you are that this is your path to riches. Yeah, and if the content is good, then okay. I mean, if you're doing an informative, fun travel blog thing, and people enjoy seeing the world and hearing your content. I got nothing against that. That's fine. But it just seems like everybody wants to be famous. But, you know, if everybody that plays in a band, I think you kind of think, you know, if, if we catch on and hit it big, that'd be awesome. But I sure. don't think we probably will. You know, right. That's fine. Um, speaking of catching on, so I read this piece, uh, ABC, about the thousands and thousands of families across the country who have missing loved ones. This happens all the time, where either people go missing or they're murdered, and the case is never solved. It happens all the time. There yeah. are hundreds of them wherever you are right now. And uh, and all these families thinking, how do we get this sort of attention for our missing daughter, son, dad, wife, whatever? Because if it gets this sort of attention, as we've seen and talked about the crowdsourcing possibilities of the country are amazing. Oh, yeah. If, yep. if, you, if the story can catch on, you're going to have somebody who saw something at some point. And the unfortunate reality is I think it's just way too random. I don't think you can, you know, the whole good-looking white girl missing thing, there is definitely some truth to that. 
You know, it's funny. The answer to this question is the answer to the one we were talking about previously with the would-be travel bloggers. Why does one person hit and another one doesn't? Because they did. Because they do. Because they had it at the moment. Even among good-looking white girls, there's an awful lot of them that don't bubble up. So there, there's there's all kinds of factors that we probably don't even understand, including I think these stories have to land at a certain arc in a news cycle where there's like a hole for that kind of story, or we we as a country want that kind of story. Yes. Whereas if it landed, uh, you know, she disappears um, a couple of days before the Taliban starts taking over Afghanistan, you never hear her name. Or some other big story that's dominating the news flow. So all these things have to come together. Yeah. But yeah. they have on... A, a, my favorite news show that I watch on television is Brett Bear's Special Report. Best news show on television if you don't want it. Most fair news show. They've led with it, I think, three days in a row with the Gabby Petito story. Yeah, which to me is crazy. Brett, stop it. But people are interested and they know it. They're in the ratings business. I get it. Um, so the world has lost its mind about COVID. I don't know if you've noticed that. Not just out right. of proportion, but wildly, insanely out of proportion. I, w- I would agree, but we are over 2,000 a day on average now, and the, the trend is going up, deaths still. Over 2,000 a day. I would have never guessed that that would have been going on per near October of 21. Right. Anyway, you're, you're right. Irrelevant of that. I have some uh, examples of that. You know, most of those dead people are self-selected. They didn't get the vaccine. That's fine. It's up to you. Yeah, and uh, the administration's trying to have it both ways in that they constantly say this is a pandemic of the of the unvaccinated, but then decry the number of deaths. Wait a second. You can't have it both ways. If there are vaccines everywhere and it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated and people are choosing that, then why are the rest of us worried? And I know plenty of unvaccinated people. Not plenty. I know a handful. I know a handful of unvaccinated people. They're willing to take the risk. They don't, they're, they're, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm signing up. I'm taking my chances. Yep. They know what they're doing. Yeah, well, that's fine. I can respect that. Let's open up the world and get back to work. If you haven't heard Justin Trudeau trying to be politically correct, you've missed out on a funny, among other things on the way. some sort of educational channel on in the lunchroom now so every time i walk in it's copper the wonder metal and stuff like that <laughs> um fantastic and the wwe has a new woke wrestler that's getting attention oh that's great that's <laughs> so smart leaning into the whole woke thing it's fantastic yeah yeah so a couple of exhibits for you on the uh, theme of we've lost our minds over covid as deadly as it is and it absolutely is it was pointed out that uh, you have the rush to mandate vaccines for kids now, ages 5 to 11. David Frum, who's an enormous pain in the hiney, he's a former Republican turned Republican critic, so he's the darling of CNN and MSNBC. But he, he tweets, if regulators approve that 5 to 11-year-olds can be safely and effectively vaccinated against COVID, let's not repeat the make, mistake of allowing space and time to anti-vax extremists. States should immediately make anti-COVID vaccination a requirement for schools, sports leagues, etc. These are 5 to 11-year-olds. 
So we can avoid what? Well, a, a doctor person uh, tweeted back, using CDC counts, a total of 145 kids have died in the 5 to 14 age group through the entire 18-month pandemic. Kids are generally safer from bad outcomes unvaccinated than vaccinated adults are. When the risk level is that low, it's microscopic. This decision should clearly be left to parents, which that, I agree. That's so weird, this... um. You know, like I was talking about over the weekend, the the disappointment in so many politicians and people in the media that they didn't decide to uh, recommend boosters. Just disappointed. Why? It's so strange. I know. Uh, Carol Markowitz wrote a piece for the uh, New York Post that I thought was terrific. If you see a video of a toddler being dragged off a plane for not masking correctly, you can be sure the video was taken in America. Um, or Australia, which we'll get to in a minute. In what's become a bizarre ritual of over-the-top rule-following zealotry, coupled with misplaced and unscientific COVID fear, another child was pulled off another airplane last week for not wearing a mask correctly. Goes into the story of the just heartbreaking two-year-old with asthma who couldn't keep his mask on properly. And the, 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 the air idiot yelling at them over it. Then she mentions last week, the uh, new governor of uh, New York, Kathy Hochul, announced the state will return to a policy that requires masking of all kids two years old and older in a daycare or school setting. This pathetic, pointless mandate is as cruel as it is dumb. The new boss might be worse than the old boss. It is, there is zero percent efficacy, kids that small, using any sort of mask. It's useless. Boy, and the I'm I'm more convinced than ever, especially for the younger kids, this not being able to see people's faces thing is a big deal. Like right. I, I saw my son's teacher um at a football game last week, his teacher from last year, and she said hello to us and I didn't recognize her because I'd never seen her without a mask on. So I met with her, you know, school events, all that sort of stuff. I'd talked to her face to face for an hour, a bunch of different times, but without a mask on, I didn't recognize her. That's how, you know, much of identifying a human being is being covered up by the face. And I thought, what is that doing to young people who have no no ability to read their teachers or other adults? It's got to be strange. You know, getting back to this terrific piece, in November 2020, President Donald Trump said, look at the data. The spread from children and among children is not very big at all. Not like one would have suspected. Oh, wait a minute. That wasn't Trump. That was Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Absolutely no data have been released to alter what Fauci said. Not even with the Delta variant, yet we continue to take this anti-science fear-based approach to kids. The World Health Organization does not recommend masking children under six. In Europe... Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. In Europe, the airlines require masks at age 10. British Airways Air France is 11. Only in the United States do do we start masking the absurd age, the laughable age of two. We didn't give enough attention, I don't think. I'm so used to the cynicism and hypocrisy of our leaders that um, I don't think we pay enough attention to it sometimes. The maskless Emmys, just absolutely amazing. Given the rules that they have in L.A. County for how many people you can have in a restaurant and kids having to wear masks in school and all this sort of stuff, all those people indoors, oftentimes in small areas like backstage maskless, while all the servants were in masks, because they're performers is the county code? Because it's so important. We have a, sp- the perf- and it had some weird language about performers have special 
requirements or qualifications or ability or something. But yeah, they're just like you. They're vaccinated people making a decision. It's just, it's unbelievable that a society would let the pretty people gather together indoors without masks. But if you're having a wedding, you can't. Right. If you're having a family reunion, you can't. Yeah. We're not going to get to the Australia thing maybe till next hour. It's going to amaze you. But, um, yeah, and I have no problem with the people doing the Emmys maskless. No. It's up to them. They're adults. No, but let the wedding down the street. Let them go without masks, too. Keeping in mind, a nine-year-old is at zero risk of COVID, of, of serious outcomes from COVID. Another mom shared on her Facebook page a harrowing story about a JetBlue flight attendant who'd harassed her nine-year-old daughter, who has special needs, who wasn't wearing the mask correctly. My daughter is a visibly a special needs child. She is deaf, wears a hearing aid on one ear, oh cochlear implant on the other. Her walking requires an incredible amount of energy because she is deaf, and uh, etc. She has vision loss. She has breathing issues. Throughout the flight, Matt, the flight intes- attendant, insisted loudly she put it on right now, even while she was eating. Matt, of course, took off his own mask while making announcements to the plane. Some of you people are crazy. You really are crazy. You're superstitious. You're, you're caught in fear of demons. You, you live in the world 1200 in your own head. You have no capacity to understand science. All you do is fear the evil spirits that lurk about in the night. Well, there's that mixed up in your head with weird politics stuff where you don't want to be on this side or you don't want that side to win or something. That's, that's even stranger. Masking toddlers is idiotic, it's sadistic, it's illogical. Stop it. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.